Let's talk a little bit about pipelines, shall we? Because even though it's the most unsexy topic ever, it has huge, huge ramifications in our lives. Even though we don't know it, feel it, it's important. And uh, the Trudeau government's decision to buy and now build Trans Mountain, it's angered just about everyone. And every group, everyone but Rachel Notley, of course, because her political life was um, depending on it. And they tell us that the cost will be $4.5 billion. But that's just the sale. It doesn't add in all the costs to build it, the costs, you know, to, to our reputation here in the country moving forward. And there's certainly no guarantee of any actual turnaround. No, one, no one's guaranteeing that someone will even buy it. Who the hell wants to do business in Canada if the message we have sent out is that activists, even a small group, will stand in your way? All this is done is by the Trudeau government messaging because they painted themselves into a corner. But if Kinder Morgan cannot get a pipeline built, why is the government then in any better a position to do that? I was thinking about that today. And if the liberals can get it built, then why couldn't they just make it so that Kinder Morgan would get it built? Am I missing something here? Let's bring in Aaron Woodrick. He's the federal director of the Canadian Taxpayers Association, and I think his head exploded yesterday, but it might be back together. Hello there. How are you doing, Alex? I'm good. You know, I asked myself that question because I talked to myself all day long, and I thought, why, why should the government build it? If they can build it so seamlessly, then why wouldn't they just make it so for the company that already had bought it and was going to take all the risk for us? Yeah, you know, you ask a really good question. The government, I mean, they've set up a situation here where taxpayers are now on the hook, not just for the $4.5 billion to buy the existing pipeline. they got to spend at least another $7.5 billion to build the expansion. Um, that's assuming they do it on time and on budget, which I'm willing to bet government won't do <laughs> compared to Kinder Morgan. Well, if there's anything as good as the Phoenix pay system, it might cost well, us about trillions of dollars. It can't even pay its own employees, and we're supposed to believe that they can build and operate a pipeline? I'm... I'm skeptical. But the point is, this is money we don't have. This is money they had never planned to spend. And the worst part, I would say, is that it doesn't even address the whole problem in the first place, which is a political problem. Right. This pipeline will make money. The problem is, as you have mentioned, there are there's a small group of people in British Columbia that are willing to do anything, including breaking the law, to stop this pipeline from being built. And rather than just enforce the law and make it clear that the government would not allow people to simply break the law in order to get their way. Um, they instead decided to stick taxpayers with the bill and buy the whole pipeline. And that problem is still there. And if anything, the problem is worse. Yeah. Because now the people that were against the pipeline are not only seeing the pipeline built, but they're actually being forced to pay with it, pay for it through their taxes. Right. And, yeah, exactly. And uh, and I understand they are looking at some massive, massive protests. So it's almost like they've aggravated an already bad situation. Yeah, you know, it's not every day that a group like the Taxpayers Federation and Naomi Klein are seeing eye to eye on something. (laughs) But, but, you know, politics make strange bedfellows, and this is certainly one of those cases. But, look, they they don't want the pipeline built, uh, and we we support the pipeline. We think it's good for the economy, and it needs to be built. But there was no need for us to go down this road. The only reason that the government had to do what they did yesterday was they made a whole series of mistakes that left them with no other option. And guess who pays the price? You yeah. and me and everyone who pays taxes. Because, you know, I've heard a couple of pundits say, well, you know, this is just sour grapes for the conservatives because they couldn't get pipelines built. And look, now we're going to get them built and they're still not happy. That's not the issue. The issue is that we had a customer 
They paid for this private business. They take the risks. That's how it should be done. I don't want the government doing this kind of business. That's not what their job is to do. No, absolutely. And you mentioned earlier, too, the price damage to our reputation. You know, the, the finance ministry yesterday was saying, well, this just shows that, you know, Canada's open for business. It does the opposite. <laughs> it says that, no, you cannot come in here as a private company and yeah. actually build a project like a pipeline. What needs to happen is the government needs to step in and take it off your hands. That's the signal that it sends. Right. And so what do you think the blowback is? Because we're, what, 17, 18 months out from a federal election. How do you see this playing out? It, it, this, to me, is... I think this is going to hurt Trudeau a lot. Well, I don't think it's too much of an exaggeration to say they have staked their entire government's reputation on this project. This is a massive undertaking. It was one they didn't plan. It was one that I think if you asked anybody a year ago that Justin Trudeau's plan was to buy himself a pipeline, I don't think anyone would have would have figured that that was going to happen. And well, I they certainly wouldn't have gotten the votes from from all the environmental base uh, that you know that he 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 promised. Well, that's it. I mean, he certainly lost those voters, but even on the other side of the coin, uh, the people who might like this, they don't see this as a as a pro-business uh, measure. They see this as the government covering its rear end because it made a whole bunch of bad decisions. So I, I think I think this government is is going to take a beating on both sides. Um, you know, it's it is it's unfortunate, and the worst part is, you know, just how much money it's going to end up costing Canadians. Do they have a timeline on this? I mean, and, and there's so many other questions I have, like, who will build it? Are they going to, who are they going to give the contract to? One of their buddies? Yeah, there's a whole bunch of questions. I mean, I, I, normally governments will contract for these things. The question is, can they can they enforce the, the terms of any contract? You know, is it going to be done on time, on budget? Unlike Kinder Morgan, they don't have any incentive to worry about losing money. They can always go back to taxpayers for more. Right. And then they have to deal with the protesters because Mr. Horgan, the premier of B.C., still says he's going to tie this thing up in the courts. And then you're going to get activists out there tying themselves to trees and, and putting roadblocks. That's going to put Trudeau in an even more awkward position because the optics of that look terrible. Yeah, I'll be honest. I think that the real test, the real test of this government, of Trudeau's government, does he have the steel to see this through? Does he have the guts to see this through when grandmothers start lying down in front of bulldozers in front of the TV cameras? Are they going to enforce the law? That is the real test for this government. Yeah, I yeah, I mean, I don't know. They seem to have created an absolute monster. And the talking points just don't. I don't know if Mr. Morneau goes at home at night and has to practice them. And, and not, like he looks like he's just choking on his words. Well, look, he insists that this is a this is a slam dunk investment and that there's no way we could lose money on it. The last time I heard that, it was when we bailed out GM and Chrysler. And guess how much that cost taxpayers? Even right. after they sold the shares. Taxpayers were owed three point seven billion dollars, so right. I don't really, I don't really put much stock in their assurances that we can't possibly lose money on them. Right, and look, a lot of people will say, "Well, look, Harper bought the uh, auto industry with his subsidization during the two thousand eight crisis," and, and no conservative will tell you that they're happy about that either. But that was in a a recession to stave off, you know, a, a further collapse. And uh, I don't know if he had any other choice to do that, but I, I was not. It's not like we got our money back. No, exactly. And and look, we oppose that as well. We oppose every one of these instances. But, but but the point is, you don't compound your mistake by repeating it over and over again. There are some people that say, well, if, if uh, this government made that mistake over there, it's only right that a new government make a different mistake yeah. over here. And I, I think that's the wrong way to think about it.
Oh, this story is going to go on for a while. I want to just uh, flip the page just a little bit because um, the PC party today uh, put out what they're calling their platform. It's not a costed platform. But given that we have seen, um, you know, the big hole left in the NDP platform, the fact that the, the, the government books don't even match what the Auditor General said, they're about $7 billion off. Do you actually think people care if there is a costed platform? You know, it's it's generally better for governments to give the numbers, but I'm not sure that every voter is going to base their vote on whether or not the numbers add up at the bottom. And frankly, if they did, they'd find that with the other two parties, when we talk about a costed platform, Alex, yeah. that doesn't mean it's actually funded. It just means that they've tallied up the numbers. And in the case of the Liberal and NDP platforms, it's a minus sign out at the bottom. They basically said, you know, we want to spend $130 billion. We only have 120 Here's a minus 10. That's what they mean by costed. So, so in, essentially, you just have to add up his numbers, and that's a costed platform. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, the, the challenge that Doug Ford has and that he's made is that he says he's going to find efficiencies. I certainly hope he finds efficiencies. I don't think it's unfair to press him on where he'll find them. Absolutely. Uh, the, the, the cynical response why they won't say is they don't want to scare people. But I think there is a more defensible answer, which is they don't know. Exactly. That is because this government has played so funny with the books, as shown by the Auditor General and the Accountability Officer, that there's no way to really know. So well, uh, That seems like such different. obvious messaging, though. That, that, to me, even on a strategical, maybe I'm missing something, but to me, if they came out and said, look, we don't know what they did with the books because they've lied about the numbers. And so, you know, I'd love to tell you how we're going to do this. But, you know, honestly, because, you know, I think, Aaron, the second that someone gets into power, they're going to be coming out and making an announcement saying, just like Dalton McGinty did and saying, we wanted to deliver our promises, but the books are way off from what we were told. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting to see if that does happen, what the response is. You know, when when uh, Dalton McGinty came into power in 2003 and saw that, said, oh, threw up his arms and said, oh, my, the books aren't what I thought. I'm going to have to break my balanced budget promise. There were a lot of people who defended that decision. So I, I'm wondering if the same will be true here. People saying, well, you didn't tell us you were going to cut X, Y, or Z. If there's no money, you know, they might have to do it. And I, I'm wondering what people will say about that. Yeah, certainly for Ms. Horbath. She's made an awful lot of promises to the students, to everyone, all this, quote, free stuff. So um, if all of a sudden she turns around and says, oh, <laughs> there really isn't any money, that'll be a big blowback. All right, Aaron, thanks so much. Thanks a lot, Alex. That is Aaron Woodrick. He is the uh, federal director of the Canadian Taxpayers Association. If you ever want to follow him, you can. They put out a lot of good information on questions you should ask on issues that really do affect your dollars and cents. And they don't care what party it is. If they don't like it, they'll tell you period on Global News Radio.